Welcome to the Parallel Play Podcast, hosted by Venetia Rump, where we interview creatives of all backgrounds and mediums to discuss their process, projects, and points of view. Can you believe it? All right. Yeah. Is it is it happening? Are we here? It's happening. Uh, we are on Twitch now, and YouTube says our stream health is excellent. We have an excellent connection. Oh my gosh! Look at us. <laughs> we are the blueprint. Excellent health. Don't hear that often. <laughs> Getting Libra season off to a great start. <sighs> Best okay. season of the year. Okay, what's up, girl? Let's, Let's get do into it. it. Let's do it. It's business time, real quick. <clears throat> In my black t-shirt, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Welcome, everyone, to season two of Parallel Play. I'm so excited to be back. I just got really tired and had to take the summer off, so now it's fall. And I have my friend slash comedian, Sam, with us today. Hello. Welcome. Hi. I'm, like, so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yes, yes, of course, of course. Um, We've had so many great conversations, um, you know, the past, like, three times we've hung out since, like, what, February? So I figured you'd be a great addition to the show. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, those parlor nights are paying off. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Your network is your net worth. And I am worth zero dollars. Thank you. (laughs) It's okay. Don't, yeah, don't Google it. Don't Google it, actually. <laughs> don't Google my net worth because um, it Try won't show Googling up. Try Googling me. If you can find me <laughs> and with just Sam Cho, I'd be impressed. You can have all my money at that point. Don't say that because then it's like someone who works for the government and you're already giving them all your money anyways. So No, they're going to go through like 15 doctors before they get to me. Don't worry. <laughs> My mom is disappointed, but it's fine. <laughs> oh, no. There, there's no way. There's no way. Uh, anyways, so, t- so tell, tell the world a little bit about yourself. Plug yourself for a second, and then let, like, let's get into like whatever else we like. I guess I have planned today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So for those that aren't familiar, my name is Samuel Cho Latimer. It's about to be Samuel Cho, divorced at 25. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, (laughs) But I'm a technical account manager for a tech startup, so I have a lot of experience in the software world. I also have a degree in graphic design, but that is, as of now, just an expensive coaster. Um, I moved to Atlanta in 2021 at the beginning of the year, have been here ever since. And in that time, I started my comedy journey. So I started being a stand-up comedian last November. It's going great. I mean, <laughs> can't complain. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. I'm sure I can say so much more, but I want it to occur more naturally in our conversation. Yeah, same. Gotta let it flow, you know? Um, well, first off, congratulations on uh, being a divorcee, divorcee, <laughs> divorce, divorced. <laughs> yes. I'm an excellent company. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, one thing that popped up in my head, since you've been doing comedy since November, even though I'm sure you've been doing it your whole life, which is why you're now doing it, because I'm sure you've been funny like most of your life. You know, those memes where it's like graphic designer starter pack or like, you know, and it's like different things. What would you say is the comedian starter pack? 
Oh my gosh. Um, zero self-esteem, constant need for validation, definitely like childhood trauma helps, but is not necessary. And probably just like a good brain on your neck, you know, <laughs> you need some wit to get there. But to be honest, I started this journey by taking a class over at the laughing school, which some people call a scam. And I might call those people accurate, but <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I learned a lot from that class, but I think the best thing I got out of it was just getting to practice with the stage time. I grew up as a show choir kid. I mean, I don't know how Ryan Murphy was able to stop me for that long and create glee based on my life, but I am Leah Michelle. And so I needed to somehow get back in the limelight. And comedy, I've always been a fan. So it just seemed like a natural segue to kind of be more part of the entertaining world. That's awesome. So so some comedians, kind of like, let's talk like creative lineage, some people that inspired you. Oh my God, I am the worst at this because people ask me this like all the time, like who are your inspirations? Who do you look up to? And I'm honestly like, I don't know myself. Like, That's, I, I was going to say, like, who I, who I, who I'm becoming, my future self. Right? Like, I feel everyone should be like this, but I am the funniest person I know. <laughs> that is going to be my mindset until I die. But I will say, um, as I've been more involved in the comedy space, there's a lot of people here locally in Atlanta that I really look up to. And some of the newer comics that I've seen enter the scene. Uh, so, like, I love if you're familiar with Esther Pavitsky, she did a Comedy Central special, uh, Hot For My Name. And my sister's name is Esther, so I found that quite hilarious. <laughs> but she has really eccentric, um, kind of like exaggerative humor that I really identify with. Um, another person I really like is Matteo Lane. Gotta, gotta give a shout out to my gay comics out there. The LGBTQ force is here. <laughs> And so uh, I really like him. He's based out of New York. Very funny guy, off the cuff. And then uh, some folks locally, I really enjoy Carter Deems. He's, uh, he's a stand-up comic, but he also does battle rapping. And if you've ever seen him, you would never have assumed that. And so I love a good little surprise. But there's a lot of good folks here that I love interacting with every day, so my community inspires me would you say that it's a, would you say that it's a pretty tight-knit community here like in terms of the comedy scene it's really hard for me to say because i've never done this anywhere else um, i've only performed in atlanta and surrounding cities nearby but from what i've dealt with so far i mean everyone has been super nice i've already like you know, had a few comedians from Atlanta literally just like come to my birthday party this past weekend. Um, yeah, everyone is like really quick to click and connect with people, which is super nice. Um, but I'm not gonna lie, I feel this way about Atlanta in general. I'm just ever since I moved here, I keep telling people like, Oh my gosh, everyone is so nice. Everyone's like willing to talk to me like it's such a nice place to live. And literally, my friend sent me this tweet that just said, no one colon hot people colon wow everyone is so nice here <laughs> and i was like is this is this me 
I'll take it. Yeah, it's just you. It's just you. Gotcha. But, Everyone's actually a nasty asshole here, and I'm just hot. Ba- okay. Yeah, exactly. Basic <laughs> math. Take the compliment, all right? And the fact that your life is going to be at least 15 to 25% easier than mine. <laughs> Manisha, you're gorgeous. What are you talking about? <laughs> Oh my gosh, wait, the lack of self-awareness right now. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. You know, I mean, I checked so many of the boxes on that comedian starter pack though. So like, come on, low self-esteem was one of them. I'm just trying to let the people know what I'm lining myself up for. I'm like the Kardashians. Okay. It's like one conversation leads to an entire PR campaign. I mean, listen, the other box was a constant need for validation. And here we are broadcasting an entire conversation to strangers on the internet. So let's get you you on a stage, baby. Let's go. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Keep score. We're going to keep score throughout the entire episode. Speaking of validation, when you're not on stage, what is your second favorite place to get validation? Oh, my gosh. So... All right, here we go. You're about to get the real Sam right here. Um, It's definitely my macarons. Oh, she's a French baker. You didn't know this. I actually, um, I make some pretty dang good macarons, not going to lie. I sold them back when I was in college uh, just because I went to middle of nowhere in Indiana and nobody was selling them in a 50 mile radius. So I'm like, I'm going to have to fucking do this myself to get my little sweet treats. And so I've been making them since 2017, so like six years now. And I'm not going to lie, like, I think they taste great. Don't get me wrong. But you know what tastes even better? When I hand them to people and their face lights up. And it's like so perfect because they just take a bite. It immediately changes. And I hear, Sam, this is amazing. This is maybe the best macaron I've ever had. And that, I could die right there, honestly. That's all I need. (laughs) No more life. I'm good. I've achieved it. We're good. That's insane, though. I Yeah, because I looked through your story, and I remember you posted something, but I didn't understand the context. Like, I didn't know the story behind it, that, like, you're basically, like, a baker, kind of. I mean, I only know how to make two things. Um, and they are macarons and creme brulees. Don't ask me to make any chocolate chip cookies or any <laughs> Genevieve sponge cakes. Like I cannot do that. <laughs> but what I can do is give you some French delicacies. You're welcome. No, that sounds amazing. Do you have a favorite flavor that you like to make? Oh my gosh. How do I pick from my children? Um, definitely pistachio. <laughs> no, it was not hard. <laughs> um, Pistachios is my probably my favorite for macarons. Got to keep it classic. And then for creme brulees, vanilla with a splash of orange. Mm. And you want to know where I got this from? Where? I can't even take the credit for it. It was from the Barefoot Contessa herself, my fucking idol, Ina Garten. I was wondering when she was going to come up in conversation because I it see didn't take your, long. yeah, because I see on your Instagram, like that's basically your profile description. It's just like, yeah. Do I have a signed cookbook from her? Absolutely. Do I maybe have three? She was James Beard nominated. So 
Nominated. Okay, but it was her Nominated. first cookbook she ever released. I don't think you understand how big of a deal that is. No, that's really serious. Thank you. Um, I actually gave an entire presentation about her at my work for International Women's Day or Women's History Month. <laughs> and it was great. I know so much about her now and my life is better for it. So what's, give us like one, another like inter- interesting fact about her. Okay. I don't know how interesting this is, but she started her cooking, her culinary career in the Hamptons as one does. And the reason that she gave was so fucking cunty, but I love it. And she said, there just weren't good enough spots to eat in the Hamptons. And honestly, I kind of get it. I kind of get it. (laughs) Bitch, go off. But she was like, bitches get shit done and I need to get this shit done. And so she opened up her own little restaurant she ended up, after reaching massive success with it, selling it to her first two employees. And she just kept the upstairs space for her office. And I just think that's so cool. I don't know. It's like build up a legacy and then hand it off to people you trust. And they're not family. Like no Nepo babies here. I'm sorry, but like Ina stays winning. That's, that's like mad respect. Mad respect on that. And now she has someplace that she can go eat. When she's in the literally, Hamptons. and just to let you know how humble she is, the Food Network tried to get her on a segment like three times before she finally agreed. The Barefoot Contessa almost didn't happen because she said, "I don't need this kind of stress, honestly." <laughs> and then she said, "As long as I don't have to put any shoes on, I'm there." Literally, as long as Jeffrey only shows up like <laughs> for five minutes every day. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> like Let me the, just brunch with my gay friends in the Hamptons. Like, I'm fine. Like culinary Mariah Carey. The crossover episode that we need. Hello? Can we get them? Can we get their agents on the line right now? <laughs> Let's work on it. As soon as as soon as we, you know, leave this virtual room, I think I might know some people. Cause Venetia, I'm not gonna lie. I think the Venn diagram of Ina Garten fans and Mariah Carey fans. <laughs> it's one and the it's same. Just it's just a circle. <laughs> it's too easy. It overlaps perfectly. No, I'm so down. Makes too much sense. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, well, I guess kind of riding off of that, what is the most delusional daydream that you have currently? Okay. Now, I don't think this is delusional. I think this is actually going to happen. But maybe that just goes to show how delusional I really am. And I'm just unaware of it. But I tell people to this day, they ask me, like, what do you want out of comedy? Is it just a hobby or something you want to do full time? And I tell them, I literally just want to be Ali Wong. Just get me a few specials on Netflix and star in an Emmy-nominated drama, and that's it. I'm done. Give me the Ali Wong experience, and I can be pretty content with life, not going to (laughs) lie. I don't think that that's very delusional, but you have to be delusional to make it happen. I mean, listen, I don't... (laughs) 
think about the most successful people in the world right now. They don't seem sane to me. At all. Let's talk about <laughs> Jim Carrey. All right. That's like the number one person I think about when I think about del being delusional and actually making shit happen. Literally unhinged behavior, but his transition from comedy into drama, unparalleled. Yeah, completely unmatched. Like, don't even get me started on Truman Show. Like, how many times do I even refer to that movie? Like, in a year? Like, at least five. At least five. Okay, I'm not gonna lie. I saw that for the first time this year. What What did you think? <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. I didn't realize, um, oh my gosh, what's his name? He's the old guy that runs the whole show. I literally only know him from Westworld, which I feel like is not good. It's okay. It's okay. But no, the movie was so cool. I I think it was even more appropriate, like watching it in the 2020s, because you know we live in a surveillance state. It's fine. I'm living through it. It's okay. But I was like, oh my gosh, is this why everyone's nice to me? <laughs> am, am I in the Truman Show? Listen, Listen. I don't want to lose my job, but yes. <laughs> and then just like someone just snatches me. <laughs> <laughs> like they're yelling in my earpiece right now but sam uh, the, no it it was really good um and i think about it all the time because i'm like what is reality other than what we all agree upon absolutely and that messes me up can i ask you a question yeah of course since we're talking about reality do you think aliens are real absolutely absolutely Boom, done. all right that's the interview bye everybody <laughs> <laughs> no just like my entire life i've thought that and i'm just and i'm just i'm a sci i'm a sci-fi girly you know i'm a sci-fi girl so not to mention i've had like plenty of weird alien dreams where they're like really lucid and stuff i don't think i've ever been abducted okay, i'm not like not at that, that level Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get actual uh, like in-person visits. They just Skype me every now and again, you know? They're just sending you thoughts through your brain. I see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your take on aliens? I'm going to start off with this. Jesus was an alien. I want you to think about that for a second. No, let it sit there for just a second. Okay, Venetia, I'm ready for your response. <laughs> I mean, I could see that. I could see that. <laughs> it makes too much sense. Are you kidding me? Think about like, not even, so I'm imagining Jesus as like someone from an advanced alien race, right? And if I, well, not me, if an intelligent doctor, someone with actual skills and supplies went back to like fucking... I don't know, 100 BC, the, the zero AD, and started like healing people. And by that, I mean, just giving them antibiotics, putting a bandaid on them. Yeah, you're gonna, they're gonna think you're the son of God. <laughs> it's a fucking miracle. <laughs> you have a treatable infection that I can cure for you, you're gonna revere me and then eventually kill me. And I think that's what Jesus was. God, the best, the best scheme. Running like the schemiest scheme. He's like, these fucking idiots don't even know what germs are. Hell yeah, I'm performing magic out here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think it just makes a lot of sense in my mind. 
Yeah, no, that like that definitely checks out. Um, I see no other way. It's funny. It's funny you bring this up because earlier today, I sometimes I go on the public domain review website and just look through their collection. And there was one, I think it was, um, it was like some, it was, they were like some old Japanese illustrations, I think of from the Edo period of people with like UFOs, like flying spacecrafts. And it was pretty, pretty freaking cool. Cause or else how, how are they going to come up with this imagination? Like, those are artists, Venetia. They never lie. They never lie unless they steal. All right. <laughs> oh my God. Hey, listen, this is something that I learned while I was taking graphic design classes. Good artists borrow, great artists steal. <laughs> that is facts. So do you think being an artist is ethical? Oh my gosh. I don't even think being alive is ethical. Can we, can we go, can we take a step back for a second? <laughs> we went real deep. <laughs> aliens to ethics like <laughs> like think about how we live life in the 21st century it's really it doesn't make a lot of sense and i will say like i get it we're the top of the food chain allegedly but with great power comes great responsibility and i'm irresponsible as hell i can just put it there <laughs> We are all babies. We're all just babies. We are. I am baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, ethics in terms of being an artist, I feel like with creative freedom, there's always like a little bit of boundaries that you have to push to really be like at the forefront. I mean, when I think about the avant-garde movement, a lot of that led to propaganda usage in World War II. Bauhaus in Germany, they were the groundwork for World War II propaganda for the Nazis. Can I say that on it? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's go. But, you know, I feel like art is one of those things that really speak to a lot of people. And again, with that comes a lot of power and some people don't use that to the best extent best in my mindset of what is right or wrong so we should just lock up all the artists let's just round them up <laughs> put them in a commune somewhere they'll thrive honestly <laughs> yeah as long as you don't tell them what the actual plan is just tell them it's a residency lifetime residency it's an mfa program that lasts forever some people would die at that. I'm pretty sure they'd apply immediately. <laughs> oh yeah. I think I know at least three people that would love that. I'm one of them. <laughs> now four, now four. Uh, goodness. So, okay. What's one celebrity that you absolutely agree with being canceled? Oh my gosh. Um, dude, honestly, I don't care. Can I? <laughs> yeah, that's totally uh, fine too. Yes, yes. <laughs> like I was thinking so hard for like three seconds and not a single name came to mind. Um, here, here's my thing though. Obviously I just professed my love for Ina Garten, right? But if I can contradict myself for a moment, I have too much pride to really devote myself to another human being like that. 
um, they don't even know my name. They don't know I exist. I refuse to give them that kind of validation with the exception of Ina Garten. <laughs> that is to valid. The best of my knowledge, that lady has never been canceled. So I cannot answer this question. <laughs> She's doing just fine. She's doing just um, fine. But, but what about you, Venetia? I feel like you have to have someone in mind to ask me that question. I mean, it's not someone that I think is really mainstream, but there's this yoga guru. She's our, she's dead. She died like a couple years ago, but I thought she was problematic. And a few, few people I know, know her or know of her. And it's a guru Jagat and she did uh, Kundalini yoga. So she was teaching white women how to appropriate culture, you know, in their exercise and wellness practice. I remember I went on a retreat one time and she was just kind of a bitch and um, she never did the exercises she was telling you to do. And she made fun of me for wearing athleisure instead of a big white frilly dress to do yoga. And I was like, listen, this just makes sense. Isn't this what you're supposed to wear? Um, that sounds like a cult. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot to mention it was a cult. She is a cult leader. Um, and like, yeah, of course, cult leaders cancel them. Yeah, they did take my passport as soon as I arrived to the bunker. Um, <laughs> but the yoga was really good. It really stretched me and pushed me to my limits. <laughs> no, I swear to God, there was a there was a like a little like ceremony ritual thing that they were doing one night. And I like I had to do a virtual like tarot card party thing for a group of people and so I was doing that because I was still kind of working and then I went to this space and I had my mat and everything I had my little thing to put on the altar couldn't find a place to sit I got really fucking frustrated because like all these white women were barraging me while I was trying to like work in private in a space that I was told I could lock off and have to myself and then they were all mean to me and wouldn't let me sit with them and so I just got really mad and I left at like, like 12 midnight, one o'clock in the morning. But there was a suburban or some type of car that was following me for at least more than half the way because this was in Florida. And so it was like maybe like oh. a... Four or five hour drive. One. I know. There. I know. So, anyways, they ended up following me up until like maybe forty five minutes until I was from near my house. Oh, there goes my microphone stand. Uh, this is real, folks. This is yeah. real life, <laughs> dude. What? Um, yeah, it was intense, and uh, never did that stuff again. I actually did it in order to get close to the person that owned the shop I was reading cards at because there were some things I wanted to work on with her, but she was crazy. And she was like, she's just an insane. They're all insane. They're all insane. Don't trust a single person that does that stuff. And end of rant. A hot take. I feel like, okay. If you do yoga classes, good for you, man. Um, one off thing, like it's, it's great to center yourself and like, you know, really get that mind body connection. But if you are deep into the yoga space baby what demons are you battling like <laughs> like how bad is it in there <laughs> like how high strung are you that you need to dedicate your life to calming down like that's what i want to know 
it's guilt. It's guilt for a lot of these people. You know what I'm saying? Or at least that's what I think. Um, yeah, because you can, you can go on a run. You can hit the gym, really, like, you know, get some frustrations out. But yoga is different. That shit is, like, I don't know. It's a ruse. It makes you think they're all low maintenance in there. But those are some of the most, like, mean people I've encountered. And not not in the way that you can, like, just brush it off. They, they're precise. And they go deep. And I don't like that. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> it's the mindfulness. That's how they can get so deep. Like they're just, they're just a whole nother like psyop, you know, in order of to, to like keep people in their insecurities, keep people humble, you know, too aware. And I don't like that. We need some delusion in our lives. Yeah. We need to deaden their senses immediately with something. Also like any activity where you are recommended to take your shoes and socks off barf disgusting get me out of there i'm sorry that is some <laughs> that is something i cannot get behind like bare feet in public <laughs> somebody call the cdc please they're please. right down the street like, we gotta yeah, go. <laughs> we got them on speed dial here in atlanta speaking of which are you well although shoes don't fall into the equation do you put your pants on first or do you put your socks on first Oh, I, I always put my socks on first. Is that is that weird? Am, am I wrong? No, I'm just curious because, like, I I don't know. I kind of pay attention to that more often. I do undies first, and then socks. But I go in that order because I'm able to take the best pictures that way. Pictures um, of what? What are you talking about? Pictures? Oh my god, Venetia, you're. Your boy is single out here. Um, <laughs> we just talked about my divorce. Like I'm, I'm not sure if you're aware of these streets nowadays. <laughs> my bad. My bad. Yeah, you go. There's a progression. Obviously, you take the spiciest pics first, then you put the underwear on, and that's the ones you hand out. You can sometimes post it on your story. You add the socks because some guys are into that. This is what I recently discovered. And then you put the rest of your clothes on because you're not a whore in public. All right. So are you, do you lean more toward black socks, white socks, or colored socks? <laughs> I'm sorry. This is so off topic, but I have, I've been like watching The Gilded Age on HBO. Are you familiar? I'm not, no. Christine Baranski's in it and anything she's in, I will watch. <laughs> but it's about like the Gilded Age, the 19th century, and they use that term colored a lot. <laughs> so when you said that, as soon sock, as I said I it, like, I regretted it, you know? Like, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, Venetia. <laughs> All right, well, These that socks was. Uh... Have their own space in my drawer? Do they. <laughs> Do I have to put them away a certain way? Like, I guess. <laughs> but long story short, Wow. For okay. free? Oh, I forgot. Um. Yeah, for free. We're going to make sure we pixelate that. We're going to take down the live stream and make sure that this stays PG, okay? Yeah, so my answer is I get my socks from Costco. The color does not matter. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. I don't know why I asked that. I just thought that it would be, you know, a compelling piece of uh, trivia for people to know about you when you're big, you know, after you've had, you know couple specials under your belt you know what i'm saying 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. What, when that happens, not if. <laughs> when it happens. <laughs> Speak it into the universe. Um, if any casting agents are watching this, yeah, that's, that's Sam Cho Latimer. You can find me. All right. Well, there we go. Uh, so you mentioned HBO. <laughs> Uh, in your in your bio, you said you're an HBO enthusiast. Love. So yeah, like, what was your first like HBO show that like just got you to just dive headfirst into their series? Oh my gosh! So <clears throat> I'm new to the world of HBO. Honestly, um, my parents did not have HBO money growing up. In fact, we didn't even have cable. I um, I had a DVD player and two DVDs. And that was like, <laughs> that was my formative years. Uh, it was Tegaki, which is like this Korean war drama about two brothers that end up fighting on opposite sides in the Korean war, which, you know, is great for a 12 year old boy growing up. And the other was, I don't know if you remember this movie. Do you remember Surf's Up? The penguin surfing movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, I do. <laughs> There was a time where I could literally recite the entire first hour of that movie just from memory. Because it's literally, it's the only thing I watched for like two years. (laughs) Um, But what got me into HBO was when I was in college, I don't know if you are familiar, but this little show called Game of Thrones came out. And it just so happened to be on HBO. I don't like that to be my first introduction to the platform anymore due to very obvious reasons towards the end. So I will redact that and retcon my answer to be uh, Veep. That was also one of the early shows I caught when it was coming on. It just started winning so many awards. I had to check it out. And it is like one of my favorite TV shows of all time. This is probably why I love to roast people. (laughs) That show is all just insults (laughs) that's reasonable i mean tv does media does influence basically everyone's personality at this in this day and age and like selena meyer is such a terrible person but my god no one makes me laugh more it frightens me to think that some people like that might hold positions of power in our country but if they can get on HBO, maybe it wouldn't be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe. But I did I did come across some quote or something. I don't remember who said it, but it just made sense. It said something along the lines of ordinary morality is for ordinary situations. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to keep that in my back pocket. Wow. Honestly, I hate that I vibe with it, but I do. I rock like with that, that heavy. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I never want to be at a point where I have to make those hard decisions. I, I'm baby, as we discussed earlier. I want people to make these choices for me. I just, I don't think I could do that. I don't have the mental fortitude. This is already just a glass house, ready to break. <laughs> It'll happen slowly, you know, one, next, and then like one day you'll wake up and be like, shit, I did that. I made a tough decision. Yeah, the progression from picking which shirt to wear in the morning to um, bombing other countries. Yeah, definitely. I can see that happening. Yeah, I mean, it's not a zero to 60 (laughs) thing, but like, it happens. Oh, for sure. 
okay, is this all because of like the the Oppenheimer movie that came out? Because I feel like that sparked a lot of discussion on ethics and morality. No, honestly, that was I was just watching TikTok. (laughs) I was just uh, doom scrolling on TikTok. That is the correct answer. That's where we get all of our news from nowadays. So it makes sense. Yeah, I want my news in 60 seconds or less. I I want my news to be as fast as Nicolas Cage. If you need more than 60 seconds, that's not news. That's not news. (laughs) That's a lecture. Yeah. And I skipped those. (laughs) I dropped out. I say that as I have like two degrees in my room right now. It's all a ruse. Listen, you're better off than I am. I am an art school dropout. um, And I'm okay with that. I make peace with it. It's okay. That's your journey. And I'm not going to invalidate it. Thank you. You're the most successful person I know, Venetia. You have your own podcast. Wow. I couldn't imagine. (laughs) Literally, you just sign up for an account. <laughs> you figure out something to talk about. Uh, oh my you make God. some channels. That oh. sounds so hard. Couldn't be me. I really, I look up to you. Actually, can I change my answer from earlier? You inspire me. With your mic stand breaking down in the middle of it. Listen, you know, it's just part of the life. It's part of the lifestyle. She's a rock star. Whatever. Uh, Most fuckable HBO character. I mean, not even character, but just Pedro Pascal. I'm sorry. I thought from the day he stepped out as the fucking envoy from Dorne, right? I'm just like, this man could fucking get it. And the fact that he was like bisexual icon... It just, it couldn't stop. And then he came out in that zombie movie and I just thought, this is it. That's my husband. Like, (laughs) I don't know what he's doing out there. Like, he should be home with me right now. Like, it's really rude. But I got to let him live his life, you know? Yeah. But yeah, definitely him. Tyrion is a very close second. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Mm, Listen, all those ladies, they can't all be lying. (laughs) 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 they can't all just try to make him feel better like there's got to be some truth to it (laughs) all right all right okay um what if what if you found out they put on pants before socks though okay i feel like love is such a powerful thing (laughs) love is love science is science (laughs) love is love pants before socks will make do yeah and honestly like Come on now, who really gives a fuck? Yeah, no one does. No one does. It's so <laughs> funny though, just like make a stance, you know, make a stance on something like that. Just something insignificant. And then you get like then you get all these people in their heads about am I doing this right? You know? Okay, my stance, white towels, white sheets. Anything other than that, you're hiding something. And I'm not laying down in that bed. <laughs> That's the stance. I feel very strongly about this. I was not expecting this at all. It's the absolute truth. I'm sorry, but like, show me exactly what you do here. (laughs) You know what? We're just going to bring back 
room raiders and you're going to be the host do you, do you like so, so you heard have you heard about this show it was on mtv and it was like college students that they people would have to pick or choose who they would date based off of their room so they get to rummage through this person's room with this person like not present and they're given like a black light like looking through their laundry their bed you know touching their clothes checking their underwear drawer dream situation only way i want to date hold on this show was on to something <laughs> it's serious because nothing is a bigger ick than going back to someone's house and seeing an absolute mess i'm like baby you live like this i <laughs> couldn't be me i'm sorry <laughs> yeah no but that show sounds incredible i've seen like one or two episodes. Um, I grew up with a sister who was seven years older than me. So I was definitely like on the couch when she was like fully in that early 2000s MTV era. Room Raiders next yes. hit my ride. Oh my God. Like those were amazing. And I look back on it now. Hit My Ride was a stupid fucking show. Like, that shit was so unnecessary. 100%. Because they, they, you know they're not fixing the cars. No, they're making it worse. <laughs> it's like, oh, you said there's a weird sound under the hood? Well, we're going to pimp you up with a sound system so you can't even hear it. It's not even a problem anymore. Baby, you're missing a seat in the back? Let's just put an aquarium. Like, <laughs> we got you. <laughs> that was so dumb. But I remember as a kid, I was like, oh, my God, how do we get our Ford Expedition onto the show? <laughs> if I don't have a full wet bar in the back of my car. <laughs> yeah, it was, they were ahead of their time, I have to admit. Yeah, I, I want, like, ridiculous shows for, like, like that to come back in full force can i just say my my formative years was the full like america's next top model season marathon on oxygen every sunday Ooh, allison was robbed twice <laughs> okay let me just put that out there <laughs> For my early fans, y'all really don't know how hard it was to see this poor little white girl with giant ass eyes just get shafted at second place twice in a row. I do have stances. I do have ridiculous stances. <laughs> and that's okay. It's it's what it's what keeps us human or at least helps us appear more human, right? And I don't know if you can relate to this, but I thought the makeover episodes was literally just an entire 60 seconds or 60 minutes dedicated to mentally breaking down every contestant on that show. Duh. Because <laughs> they the want fact, them to compete. But the fact that they send someone home on the makeover episode is so messed up. Like they don't even have a chance to get used to it, to really like settle into the look they're like nah bitch you couldn't pull this off you're you're going home with a buzz cut now enjoy that <laughs> <laughs> i'd be yelling no it's your fault though like it's your fault like you did this to me can it's not you my not fault throw I can't in off. a weave in the severance package like can i get a wig or something like you're gonna send me home like this <laughs> damn right yeah 
Tyra, I mean, did you watch the Tyra show? No, not really. I think I saw like a few clips, but I never watched it. How was that? I'm sure that wasn't any better. Oh, she's completely unhinged. It makes so much more sense to me why Naomi Campbell doesn't talk to her. Like, it it explains so much. (laughs) Dude, I love Naomi Campbell. Like, I love her. You know, like, like seeing, seeing, she's insane. She is just so bitchy. She does what she wants. She doesn't care. She says whatever she wants. And she's still fabulous, you know? She is an icon. Straight I'm sorry, but we we would not have espresso martinis without Naomi Campbell. And for that, I thank her every day. Because I, I drink every day. <laughs> you, drink, you drink every day. <laughs> she plays such an important role in my life. You really don't know. Well, I oh just learned gosh. something about you. Yeah, um, I'm very well adjusted. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. No, I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Like, literally for my birthday party on Saturday, I had an entire beverage dispenser of just espresso partinis. Oh, my <laughs> and gosh. literally just vodka, Kahlua, and some cold brew. And that shit was delicious and strong. <laughs> Naomi knows what's up. Try. I'm going to have to try that. I've never, I've never had an espresso martini in my life or anything oh, adjacent to dude, it. Oh, dude. I still have, like... A gallon left at home if you can make it here in like the next two days there might be some left two days is plenty of time yeah <laughs> otherwise it's gonna be gone i'm sorry <laughs> i'm just doing the math in my head <laughs> that's totally fine that's totally fine I'll, i can i can i can make it happen over here okay so Wait. what Hold on. Actually, no, no, no. You go, you go, you go. No, 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 no. What is up? Um, <laughs> so, okay. First things first, I, I am not on TikTok. Sorry. I am like staunchly in the millennial crowd. Um, but my friend was telling me about girl math the other day. <laughs> yes. My friend was telling me about this thing on the old internet called the girl math. <laughs> Tell us about girl math in your own words, please. No, not in my own words. Here's how she described it. And it really blew my mind. <laughs> she said, oh my gosh, um, I watched this video of like this economist banker explaining how girl math is like actually a real thing because apparently there's this foundational premise that once you take money out of your bank account, it is automatically a loss, right? So no matter what you spend it on, it's fine. Venetia, can we talk about that? Can we just pause right there? (laughs) Absolutely. I'm sorry, what? Once you take money out of your bank, it's an automatic loss. Like, have they ever heard of deposits? You can put that shit back in if you don't want it. I mean, you you can, but the whole purpose of girl math is like, so there's one that I saw, for instance, that was talking about someone having like $9.22 in their like Starbucks app in their account, right? In that account. It wasn't in their bank account. It was in their Starbucks app. They spent $9 on their order, whatever they got. So they're basically saying like, hey, I, I, it was free. I was given 22 cents, maybe. I don't know. I don't think they say they, they, they earned 22 cents, but it was basically free. Yes, they spent 
funds on it, but those funds did not leave their bank account. They were already out of their bank account. So when they were going to pay their rent or utilities or whatever, that coffee or whatever they ordered did not affect the balance or their ability to pay rent out of like, you know, a wire transfer or what have you. Also too, uh, another one, um, someone really liked a sweater that they saw, but they bought it in a kid's size. So it was like 50% cheaper. So in reality, they made like $300 because they bought the kid size one instead of the adult size one. Still a high price luxury sweater. Um, <laughs> education is so important in our country. And, <laughs> and I just really wonder if we are appropriating the correct funds <laughs> towards our public schooling. <laughs> We are not. I can I can agree with you on that. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. So there was this game that we used to play um, in high school. I think it was like high school, like sociology or something. And it was kind of like Battleship, as in we had like a partition between two desks. They were two players. Each player had 10. They were given 10 colored pencils. There's that word colored again. Sorry. Um, there, we go, there we go. Uh, they were given <laughs> 10 colored pencils each. And they, they both had like, I think, 60 to 90 seconds to figure out one thing. They had to split the pencils up between two piles. One pile was the military, like, budget, right? Like weaponry, all of that. And then other one was education. And... The, per the goal of it was to make sure that if, if that you had more military like funding allotted for your country than the other person, because then you would win. So people would get super paranoid. So some people would put, you know, they would never split it evenly. It'd never be five and five. You know, the conservative people would do like six to four when it would come to military to like educational funding, you know, hoping that they'd scrape by with that. But, you know, for the most part, people were putting eight or nine, you know, all 10 pencils. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was just a basic way of kind of like getting us to understand how certain countries operate when it comes to their budgets. It's kind of alarming, isn't it? Okay, I never thought about it that way. It's all just paranoia. Gotcha. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. My thing, though, is, okay, hot take. I don't think having the most budgeted military in the world is a bad thing. It gives you a lot of weight to throw around on the global political sphere. But my issue is with these contractors that gouge these government funds that pretty much run like monopolies on weapons manufacturing, tanks, helicopters, all that jazz. And they get a hefty paycheck out of it because the government is willing to spend so much. My thing is, let's just be a little efficient, y'all. Let's, let's do some audits. Let's find out where these billions of dollars are going. Because at the end of the day, that's my fucking money. It might be like point zero 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 one percent of it, but I'm a stockholder there. 
I, I deserve, <laughs> I deserve a voice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We deserve uh, a little more transparency. Yeah. But it's so frustrating when people blame like other programs, other federal programs for, you know, higher taxes when I'm like, what? This isn't even like 10, five, this isn't even like 2% of the annual budget. Why are we mad about this? But again, the education system. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And also this isn't the show for that. So oh back my to my yes. question. <laughs> I have stances. <laughs> Let's talk more about the military industrial complex. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously. We'll do a bonus episode on that. Oh my goodness. No, my apologies. <laughs> no. It's fine. It's fine. I'm very um, passionate about dumb things. It's not dumb. I'm passionate about dumb things. And one of those things being this show. So that's why we're going to continue the conversation. And I'm going to ask you to share a time when you bombed or a joke didn't land. And how did you deal with that? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so this was a little recent. Um, Venetia, you know this story already, but I was part of a roast for a prominent comedian uh, here in Atlanta. And for context, um, his dad is unalive. <laughs> they are no longer in the picture or on the material plane. And I asked ahead of time if I could make a joke about his dead dad. And I was given the green light. Yes, it's totally fine. He makes jokes about it in his own shows. We're all good, perfect. No one told me that his mom was coming to the show. And I remember when I got to my first dead dad joke, I mean, first of all, it killed. Let's just get that out of the way. People were laughing. We love to commiserate over people's dead dads. It is just what it is. But as the laughter's dying down, I hear shouting from the audience. And I was like, didn't know I elicited this kind of response from my comedy, but I'll take it. But I look into the crowd and his mom is standing up, screaming at me. Dedrick is like getting out of his chair, trying to calm her down. And all I remember is her shouting at my face, you still have to walk to your car at the end of the night. And (laughs) I immediately went into my next dad dad joke. (laughs) Could you imagine? There's no pumping the brakes on this one. I'm like, ma'am, I have the microphone. Please take a seat. (laughs) No, but we literally had to like stop halfway through my set so that he could calm her down. And I totally get it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't have the awareness. That is not her dead dad. That's her dead husband. So it's a little different. But I'm proud to say at the end of the night, We danced together. She gave me a big hug, offered to feed me the next time I see her, which is mom talk for, we're Gucci. And she shouted at the end of the night, I love gay Asians. And I just, I just knew we were good after that. We were tight. (laughs) That was the affirmation I needed. (laughs) So there was a bit of a rocky start there. Um, Definitely never had my life threatened while performing a show. But that was the first time for everything. There is. And how am I to, to, how do we not know that this was actually part of your set? 
you know, what if this is you working kind of like your Kardashian kind of PR? Like, what is what, like this? this oh my god! Sounds like you're I scheming. Didn't know I was it sounds like you're be... scheming. I didn't yes. know I was going to be exposed on camera like this. This is, this is hard-hitting journalism. journalism. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Here I thought we were just going to talk about the military and Ina Garten. Um, I'm completely blindsided. <laughs> I I would love to say that I had the foresight, the foresight to, to think that through and plant someone. But I wasn't even the only one she yelled at. There was someone that went right after me and who made a very colored, oh my God, now I'm saying it, an off-color joke. <laughs> oh, Venetia. This is the South. <laughs> this is the South. Welcome to the South. I'm officially in Georgia. Sorry. Uh, no, but it was like one other dude. And I told him, I was like, listen, only the greats get yelled at by Rebecca. So we're, we're in the pantheon here. Uh, we really established our place in the comedy world. No, but... It was it was a great show, honestly. Like super chaotic, super crazy, but the most fun I've ever had while performing. Do you feel just, like being? Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, no. I was just gonna say I just feel like um, I'm naturally a mean person, so it, it came very easy to me. I'm not surprised. I'm sad that I missed it. <laughs> I don't remember what I did instead, um, but it definitely wasn't as fun. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, like, you're dead to me. Um, this is the last time we'll ever interact. And it's only because I had agreed to do this before the show. But it's fine. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. I have, I, this is all being recorded. So I could, I couldn't care less. Yeah, just come back to this on your lonely nights when you miss me. <laughs> oh, I'm never lonely, Sam. I'm never lonely. Until oh, I am. How does that feel? Um, yeah. Until I am. Um, but we're not going to get into that. Uh, anywho, yeah. Do you feel like? Anywho. Do you feel like being part of a roast as a comedian is kind of like a rite of passage? I mean, I think it's definitely uh, a unique type of comedy. I know a lot of people that have a really hard time saying anything mean about other people, um, and I think. I don't know. I, I feel like if you are a really good comedian, you have the wit, you are clever, you can still roast someone without being a jerk, you know? And so I think it's fun. I think as comedians, you got to have a thick skin. And if you're a part of a roast, you're going to get roasted as well. And that's like half the joy for me. I'm like, Someone's talking about me right now. Mission accomplished. <laughs> so I loved it. It was it was a, a good rite of passage for me, but I don't know if it's something that everyone is like, I don't know if it's their, their cup of tea. Yeah, no, that I mean, that checks out because we do. Yeah, everyone's got their own kind of brand and the way that they communicate and a lot of there are people that just want to play it safe you know they they want to have a career but they don't necessarily want to be good you know and that's okay <laughs> i mean listen as long as those checks get cashed i'm fine like, i could never be mean again if that means i'm living in like beverly hills or malibu i'll take it <laughs> i guess i guess i don't know I have, I have, you know, I see, I see different things for myself, I guess, personally. Uh, but that, like, that brings me to my next worth question. It. 
yeah, yeah. I gotta be able to be a little mean, you know. I gotta be able to. I don't know. I just want to step into my villain era and like benefit from it, you know. And this is why you went to a yoga retreat. See how it all clicks. <laughs> See, you get it. <laughs> my whole life's a bit. <laughs> um, anywho, so how do you? So how do you? How do you go about? like building out a set like coming up with your material what like do you have a process or is it just kind of like you're living life something happens or you're ruminating about something and then you're like how can i how can i utilize this um so when i first started out i remember watching this one interview with jerry seinfeld that i don't know kind of resonated with me he mentioned that he actually writes comedy every single day like no matter how much he makes sure to put pen to paper and write at least one joke um i don't do that i i i wait till what's the, the deal day with up. that i just thought it was wonderful piece of advice that i will continue to ignore um but i i do have a notebook actually i had it right here on my desk uh usually when i hear something funny just as i'm talking with my friends i'll jot it down real quick and then by the time I have a show coming up um, and I have to write new material, I just panic and stress for like four hours. Uh, and then I just bang it out. I mean, honestly, I've been a procrastinator like since birth. My mom said I, she was in labor for like over 24 hours with me. So I, I, I save things for the last minute. It's just what it is. I, I need true. that external pressure, you know? But uh, no, I mean, I usually tend to write about myself. Uh, one of the things I learned in that stand-up comedy class slash scam was that every joke's already been told. Um, the only thing that's truly original is like yourself, which I would argue against for some people, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely agree with you. Yes. <laughs> but uh, no, so I, I like to write about, you know, my own experiences, my own identities. Uh, when I did my very first show, I had five minutes around wearing glasses, um, being gay, and blowjobs. So, you know, stick to what you know. Yeah, yeah. Kind of the trifecta, I guess, um, <laughs> for you. I don't know. Uh, sorry. So I mean, you got to have the glass. I mean, they, they make the look. Hello? Come on. Yeah, no, no. The glasses are very flattering. That's what, Do you wear those when people are nice to you? Uh, I wear them when I want to see. <laughs> okay. But as, as of right now, I mean, you're like so close to my screen. I just, I don't even need this, but let's switch it up a little bit. Okay. Okay. That's fine. Uh, so... <laughs> I, I have a, I have a question, and I don't I don't know if there's maybe like an answer for this, but is there a specific place that you feel like Atlanta comedians go to to test out new material, like because then then I know where not to go. Oh, that is that hurts, but it's so fair. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely. Like any kind of open mic, you'll always see new material there. Um, some more like casual shows, definitely an opportunity to like test out some new things. I'd say if you want like solid comedy, you know you won't be disappointed. Um, 
come to one of my shows. <laughs> okay, or... well, give me like the less obvious answer too. Come on. <laughs> no, I would say um, Laughing School always does a great job if you go on the weekends. Um, the new resident comedian is super funny. I've seen him perform a few times, so I highly recommend. Uh, Punchline Comedy usually does good shows too. And then literally you can't go wrong with Star Bar. Um, they do every Monday nights. That's just like, in my opinion, cream of the crop in Atlanta perform there every Monday. And let's be honest, what are you doing on a Monday? Like, <laughs> you have time. <laughs> Thank you. And I have gone. I have gone to Starbar several times on a Monday night, and it's always great. Always so. great. Rodney does an excellent job of stacking that list every time. Yeah, I never walk away disappointed. Um, speaking of comedy shows, Poo Poo Comedy, Pick Up Pop Up. What's what the fuck oh is gosh. up with that? Yeah, so that is a project I'm working on with uh, Catherine Rush, uh, a dear friend of mine that I met through Venetia. Look at you making connections. Um, but we are trying to organize an impromptu kind of like guerrilla, as the name suggests, pop up comedy show. Uh, Catherine has this amazing pickup truck that just has some very fun bumper stickers in the back and she has a microphone. So we thought it'd be really fun to kind of go to late night experiences where people are usually just, you know, like chatting, smoking a cigarette and provide a little impromptu humor uh, just against their will, you know? Very, very um, grassroots, grassroots yes. fascism. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But I love I love the concept. And I'm like, I'm I'm really sitting here like waiting like, okay, well, when are y'all going to do like what? What if, if someone is listening right now with the missing piece? What is the thing that you need the most in terms of like support or like what have you? What can what can the people do? What do you need oh from my the gosh? World? We are working on building the brand right now. So I think once we get like the social media up and running, definitely give that some love, give that some attention. Um, follow me on social media, Catherine as well, C Rush or Sam Chose and Funny. We'll post everything once we get things off the ground on there as well. And definitely like just come out to the show. That's like the best thing that can happen. To get it off the ground, we have most of the moving pieces on lock. So we should be good to go. It's just a matter of making sure the venue's okay with it and then actually getting the comedians to perform and then getting there. Yeah. We need the pickup for pop-up pickup. Exactly. That that makes a lot of <laughs> sense. But I will be sure to promote as soon as y'all drop some news, obviously. And I yeah. will be there to heckle the fuck out of you. And like Atlanta has so many like up and coming creatives. This is like the place to do something kind of silly like this, you know, just like flex your creative muscles. I mean, dude, Shaka Khan, that was just a party that someone threw in a parking lot for a few years. And now it's like this huge thing at Pullman Yards. There's so many shows that I could just list off that happen impromptu and are now like regular staples in the community. So it's just a fun time to try new things. And isn't that really like the point of life? You got to gotta get these new experiences under your belt. Absolutely. And absolutely. And to like all the people like listening, it's like you have an idea, like it doesn't have to be perfect right from the jump, you know, like 
things exactly. have to grow and progress because otherwise you're going to overwhelm yourself. Oh, and I don't like to be overwhelmed. No, we're I'm too hot for well. that. <laughs> no thoughts, just vibes. <laughs> Please. <laughs> oh, sorry. I have to text my date that I'm going to be a little late right now. Oh, oh. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I thought this was ending at a certain time, but no, I'm loving I'm this sorry. conversation. We are. No, we're totally about to wrap up. Let's do a couple of quick, quick fire questions and then we'll wrap it up and let you go. How's that sound? Love it. Um, Got to meet my dick appointment. Come on. Uh, yeah, no. And I have a birthday party to go to. So, and it's not yours because I wasn't invited. Anywho, um, quick fire questions. Wow. <laughs> you just, uh, you just need to answer as fast as possible whatever comes to the top of your mind your noggin um i hope you're sweating let's go current guilty pleasure oh my gosh the gilded age i hate it but it's so good (laughs) i like turn Uh, the volume down whenever my roommate gets home (laughs) wow okay uh one trend you wish would come back Ooh, bell-bottom jeans are they back already i just think they look so funky Mm. Uh, what's okay, one well, song that makes answer. you <laughs> what's one song that makes you feel like that bitch oh my gosh fantasy by Mariah Carey because baby okay. I am your fantasy um, does what's Ina the Garden most... have a song <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane if she did with Mariah Drop Carey a track, babe. we just missed it I'll be right there alright what is the most you ever spent on an outfit or a piece of clothing Oh my gosh, for an outfit, probably like $200, top to bottom. I don't like to spend too much money on clothes. I'm not going to lie. I have a rule. I don't spend more than $20 on a t-shirt. That is, it is one of the easiest pieces of clothing to make. You're gouging me and I'm not standing for it. Like, $20 is enough margin. All right. Like y'all are being greedy now. (laughs) (laughs) In this economy. Exactly. uh... Your favorite casual dining restaurant? Oh, Chipotle. Oh my gosh. I go there all the time. Uh, Okay, let's see. Which body part would you be most okay with losing? What the fuck? (laughs) Um, My pinky toe, I guess. But that is like a full fill of the future reference. So if they don't need it, neither do I. Okay, done deal. All right, uh, we'll get back to you later on that surgery. Okay, uh, one per <laughs> one All person you'll never <laughs> exactly. We have funding this season, as you can tell. Whatever, uh, one person you'll never forgive. Oh my gosh! Um, oh God. right away, my dad. I guess is that is that too real? That's cool. That's no, that's hey, just whatever comes out your mouth, that's the answer. Top of mind. I'm sorry. Sorry, Dad. We'll get into that another time. Um, most attractive thing about a person. Most attractive thing. Honestly, if they can make me laugh, like if you are entertaining, I will get in those pants. See, we love a good giggle slut. Yes, I'm all for it. Yes. All right. I just want to feel good all the time. Yeah, right. All right, last question. Velcro or zippers? Oh my God, zippers. What? The sound that Velcro makes? Oh, no, I can't. Sensory overload. Uh uh-uh. uh. 
Okay. Well, good. Well, we well those were the questions. I didn't have more than that. Um, but you Killed did great. Boom. Absolutely. I feel like this was a very successful season two kickoff, and I want to thank you for your time, for your energy. Um, I'm also getting deja vu right now, which is super crazy. And I'm loving every minute of it. But anyways, you have a date to go to. I can't wait to hear about it when we hang out in um, several months from now. All right. All right. Well, anyways, I want to thank everyone that tuned in today. I want to thank Sam. Please make sure you go follow him. I posted his Instagram as well as your fucking LinkedIn page. in. Your network is your net worth, baby. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> on the description of the episode. Anyways, can't wait for um, Poo Poo Comedy. So we'll keep an eye out for that. And I'll let you go. Have a great date. And I'll talk to you soon, okay? Yes, I had so much fun. Bye, Venetia. You too. Bye, Sam. <laughs>